0: are kind of coming down to the final weeks of our summer series. And uh, we have had a lot of fun with uh, Dennis Rouse's book, uh, The Ten Qualities That Move You From Believer to Disciple. I uh, had a lot of fun last week with the birthday parties. People were asking me, are you going to do it again? And so uh, if this week, I just want to ask all the ushers, if you could come forward and pass out funnel takes to everyone. No, I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> totally kidding. Go to the state fair. Go to the state fair. All right. But that was fun last week to do that, and uh, the ushers just panicked right there. Uh, But today we're going to look at this. A disciple is sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit. A disciple is sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit. And I want to let you know I moved this out of order from the book. It was earlier on in the chapters, and I moved it towards the end uh, on purpose because we had just finished a series on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I didn't want us to have just finished that series and then move right into this. And then people say, oh, okay, we already had that. And so I I gave some space in between there because I didn't want us to just skim over this. I wanted us to dig in on this. And I'm actually going to use this opportunity to speak on something about creating a greater hunger for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about positioning yourself for this and, and creating hunger. I was going to do a bonus sermon uh, after that last series, put it online, and now I'm putting it here, praying that uh, our, our hunger, hunger will increase for the power of the Holy Spirit. I agree with what Dennis said in his book. He said, the most important message to the unbeliever is Jesus. It is Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, here at all of our campuses, at the end of the service, we give an opportunity for you to meet Jesus. That's the most important message you need to hear. And then he said, if you're a believer, though, the most important message is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the, once you know who Jesus is as your Lord and Savior, he said, really, the message that is so important is the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, I did a few series uh, I did one called Unpredictable and, of course, Empowered. And uh, if you want more resources, you can go online for those. But we talk a lot about the Holy Spirit at our church. We talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, and we use the term spirit-filled, all right? We are not just contemporary. We are not just, uh, you know, with the, the trends today. We are spirit-filled, and the presence that you feel In our worship services, that is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, and we are a Spirit-filled church. We believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is for us today. We believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for today and that if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will get a prayer language. We call this tongues. And there are eight other gifts that become available to you to flow in that help build the church. I've shared it before, but I've said, this is the power for the purpose. This is the plus for the purpose. The purpose is to go into all the world and we receive this power to go into the world now, I briefly want to set a foundation on this and then raise our expectation level. I just want to say that I used a few of my old sermons, some stuff from Robert Morris, uh, an old-time preacher, C.M. Ward. Uh, he was uh, he spoke at our school when I was in Bible college years ago, and so I, I just want to give them credit that a lot of the material is old stuff, and I, I just enjoyed getting ready for this message. Now, if you think about what were the last words of Jesus. What were the last words of Jesus when he was getting ready to leave this earth? It wasn't go. It was wait. Right, yeah. He's like, you're going to go. You're going to go into all the world. Trust me, you're going to go into all the world. You're going to preach this message and you're going to make disciples and you're going to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But before you go, wait. Yeah. Wait for what? Wait. For power, In Luke 24, 49, he said, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. He said, wait, just wait. You, you're going to go out and do this, but I need you to wait for the power. And if you know the story in the book of Acts, we see this, that the disciples waited for the power. They're waiting for the power. They are praying every day, and they are waiting for the power to be poured out. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, when the, day, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And it continued, you know, Peter comes out, he gives an explanation, he says, we're not drunk, we're full of the Holy Spirit, so there must have been some joy that was going on, they were speaking in other tongues, there was something that was going on that was out of the ordinary. And then in verse 38 and 39, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And when I read that, I find myself in there. I am part of the far off. That's me. I'm far off. Do you know how far we are away from Jerusalem right now in Minnesota? We are 6,194 miles. I am part of the far off. We are over 2,000 years away. I'm over 6,000 miles away. I am part of the far off, and so are you. We can be part of this, and this is for all of us, and I believe that this is something that we need to be hungry for, go after. This is for all of us. Now, it is separate from salvation. We see believers were gathered. They were already believers. They were having a prayer meeting. How many know unbelievers don't have prayer meetings? Right? So they were already believers. They were believers. They were having a prayer meeting, and they were waiting for this empowering that would happen. They were waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit to be poured out on them. Now, I want to give you a, a quick background on this, and, and forgive me if it goes a little deep, but I just, I really want you to understand, there are three baptisms for us. There are three baptisms. There's a baptism of salvation, there's a baptism in water, and there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. All right, I taught on this several times, but I'll give you a, a crash course to get you cu- up to speed. The first one is you're baptized into salvation. In 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, it says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given one spirit to drink. The Holy Spirit is baptizing us into the body of Christ when we say yes to Jesus. When we give our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is bringing us into the family of God. Then when you do that, you are water baptized. In Matthew 28, I quoted it earlier, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So you're water baptized, and the person doing the water baptizing can be any believer that would go ahead and water baptize someone, and and our campuses are celebrating this all summer long. If you've never been a part of a water baptism service, if you've given your heart to Jesus and you've been baptized into the family, your next step is to be water baptized. And what you're saying is, "I, I no longer am living the old way. I'm a new person. God has done something new in me, and I'm living for Him. But it doesn't stop there. Then there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'll give you a couple scriptures. There are many on this. In Matthew 3, 11, uh, John, John the Baptist is speaking. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit and fire. So he says, you know what, there's somebody coming after me, he's more powerful, and he's going to baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. And in, in John one thirty three, this is John speaking, he said, And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. There's more verses, there's so many, but one more, Acts 11.16 Peter, one of the early disciples, one of the early church leaders, he's just preached and the Holy Spirit has been poured out on people that he didn't think he, the Holy Spirit could be poured out on, that they would receive this. And he says, then I remembered in Acts 11, 16, what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's three baptisms. And, and again, if you want more on this, you, I'd encourage you to go to one of the series, but I'll, I'll just give you a couple more things here. First, John 5, 7 and 8 says, For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. Blood is salvation. It's by Jesus uh, Christ. Death on the cross, we have salvation. Water, water baptism. Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. You think about the children of Israel when they leave Egypt. They have the salvation. The Passover lamb is slain, the salvation. They walk through the water, symbolic of water baptism, and they're covered by the cloud, symbolic of Holy Spirit. When the priest would go into the uh, presence of God, he would have to first offer a sacrifice, blood. Then he would wash his hands, and he'd, he'd be washed baptism, water, and then he would be anointed with oil. And in the series we just recently did, we said oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We have salvation, we have water, we have the Holy Spirit. It's all over the place. If you look, all this symbolism is there, all of this is there, and it's there for us today. There's a whole new power uh, level available to us, and disciples say, I want all the power I can get. That's what they do. Now, I know some people say no. They say, I I don't know. And some of you might be saying, I don't know about this. Some of you may say, I have fear about this. Some of you may have a wrong idea about this. Some of you are thinking you can opt out. I'm saying, why would you want to opt out of something that Jesus said, opt in? I want to opt in for that. And so does the front row right over here. All right. It's so important. It's so important that work we do demands divine power. The work we're called to do demands divine power. We have to go and make disciples of all nations. There are places that are hostile. There are places where we, we absolutely need the power of God in our own neighborhoods, in our schools, in our, in, in our cities that we live around. I mean, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so important at our church that we have a Holy Spirit retreat. And I want to give you a save the date, if you will. How many else save the dates are the new thing, right? Somebody's getting married two years from now. Save the date. You know, save the date. Don't schedule anything and bring a big gift. You know, save the date. Save the date. All right? Save the date. October 26th, Holy Spirit Retreat. Save the date. Save the date. That's coming up. October 26th, save the date. We are having our Holy Spirit Retreat because we are saying we believe that this power is so important. It's available to each and every one of us. We want you to go after this because a disciple is sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna build your hunger, I wanna put you in position for this. I want you to say, I want my breakthrough. I'm looking for this. I desire this. And I have been praying for people that have just been wondering when's their breakthrough happening. They are, they are desiring this. I'm praying for this to happen in this series. I'm praying for it to happen by October 26th. I am praying for this and believing for this, the supernatural and natural to function in your body, and for us to have people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want to be positioned for this, a disciple is going to position themselves to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The first thing you have to do is determine it is for you. You have to determine that it is for you. And when I read in Acts 2, verse 38 and 39, and it says, all who are afar off. And I said that we were 6,194 miles and 2,000 years away. You've got to believe this is for me. I am included in this. This is for all who are far off. I am in this. This is for me. I am determining this. This is for me. Right. The other day we were uh, visiting one of our campuses and uh, I won't give you which one, but uh, my wife, Becca, she was speaking to a friend and she's been praying for this and she prayed uh, for a little bit for this and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. and It didn't happen right there. It didn't happen immediately. And she's like, well, I guess it's not for me. And immediately in the lobby, Becca's like, no, it is for you. It is for, no, don't say that. It is for you. Come on, say it with me. It is for you. You can't have that attitude like, well, it's not for me. You know, you have to determine it is for me. I I realize this. There's not one spot that I see in the Bible where they ever got to a city, where the disciples got there and they said, we're in Greece. They don't need it. Just leave them a Bible commentary. Let them study it. They're going to study the commentary. They don't need the power. Everywhere the disciples went, they're like, you need the power. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And th- they were flowing in the gifts. They were using the gifts to build the church. They never once said, just leave the commentary. They don't need it. it-, it- it's- it's- they don't need any power. Now, I understand. Some churches are kind of boring. And you say, well, they don't need the power. All right. Yes, they do need the power. They need the power. Every single church needs the power. We are supposed to go outside, and if we're going to go outside these walls, we need the power. The, the rule was to be Spirit-filled. The exception was to not be filled. Whenever they encountered somebody that was not filled, they're like, have you received? Come on. You need to receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts nineteen six. It talks about when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Prior to that, he's like, have you received this? They're like, we don't know. He's like, come on, get over here. I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to receive this. You're going to pray in tongues. You're going to prophesy. You're going to be open to these nine gifts. You need this power because the, the, what we've been commissioned to do is bigger than our own skill set. We're not going to study our way into this. We're going to have to have the power of God. Secondly, you have to decide that it's important. You just have to decide. After you say it's for me, you need to say this is important. If Jesus said wait for it, I'm waiting. Again, Luke 24:49. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. You can't opt out. You got to say this is important. An old-time preacher, R.A. Torrey, he said this, no man ever received who thought he could get along without it. Right. No man ever received who thought he could get along without it. And I get people, they say, well, I'll just opt out. I'll opt out. You know, I, I, it's not that important. It is very important for the mission that we are on. Yeah. I love this story about D.L. Moody. Yeah. D.L. Moody was preaching. I'll, I'll just read the story. It says, I remember, this is D.L. Moody speaking, I used to take pride in having the largest congregation in Chicago on a Sunday night. Two godly women used to come to hear me. One of them came to me on a night after I preached very satisfactorily, I thought. I never think these things. I always think that's not very good. All right. I fancied she was going to congratulate me on my success, but she said, we're praying for you. I wondered if I made some blunder as they talked in that way. Next Sunday, there they were again, evidently in prayer while I was preaching. One of them said, we're still praying for you. I could not understand it and said, praying for me? Why don't you pray for the people? I'm all right. Ah, they said, you are not all right. You have not got power. There's something lacking, but God can provide. Wow. I did not like it at first, but I got to think it in over. And after a little time, I began to feel a desire to have what they were praying for. They continued to pray for me. And the result was that at the end of three months, God filled me with Himself. I want to tell you this. I would not for all the world go back where I was before 1871. He said, I wanted it. Now, a couple things. He said, it took three months. It took three months. He's like, I prayed earnestly for three months. I couldn't understand how supernatural, natural, but I needed whatever they were talking about. I wanted more of God. And then the other thing, I would never go back. Again, power to go outside. Power to go outside. Prior to Pentecost, the only preaching was inside. Do you realize that? Prior to Pentecost, between Jesus' resurrection and Pentecost, all they're doing is preaching to each other. He's risen. He's risen. And they're preaching just to Christians. He's risen. He's risen. Okay? Then they got to go outside the church. And they need to say, you don't know who he is. You don't know what's going on. But i got to tell you this, and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to go outside and preach the message, we better have the power of the Holy Spirit. we got to have it. So it's for you, and it's important. You are not opting out. Another thing is, you need to get hungry and get thirsty. You need to be hungry and thirsty. How many, God loves hunger. God loves hunger. In Matthew 5, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. They're going to be filled. God loves when you say, I won't let go. In Genesis 32, he's, he's wrestling with Jacob. And it says the Lord is wrestling. And Jacob's like, I am not letting go until I get my blessing. I am not letting go. I would speak to Becca's friend. I would speak to everybody that's like, well, I don't know. I would say, wrestle. Don't let go. Have that hunger. Have that thirst. Have that desire. I won't let go until. Yeah. Yeah. I won't let go until. Dio Moody said three months. The day that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was at church camp. I was at church camp. That was uh, our equivalent of Holy Spirit retreat, all right? I was at church camp. And I remember I heard the message on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I went forward to pray. And, and I, I prayed, and, and nothing happened. And I was right there. And I was like, I want this. I want this. And they were praying, and they were praying, and they were praying, and they were praying. And then they said, like, Okay, well, we'll have church tomorrow, and we can pray for you tomorrow at camp. And I said, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I was 11 years old. I said, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving till I get this. And I prayed and there are cultures and there are like eight cultures and then five and then three and then one. And then the last one said, turn the lights out when you're done. You know what I mean? And, he, and they walked out and I was the last one in the chapel by myself. I was right there and I didn't want to leave. And I was like, I'm not leaving. I don't care if I have to sleep here tonight. I'm not leaving. I'm gonna hold, I'm hungry, God. Do you see how hungry I am on this? I am hungry. I'm not leaving. God loves hunger and thirst. And that night I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, got my prayer language. I ran around, all around camp at like midnight. I got it. I got it. I got it. I, got it. I was told everybody. And the culture's like, go to bed, pray in the morning. All right. You know, I was hungry. God loves hunger and thirst. How do you increase your hunger and thirst? I'll give you three things. The Word, the work, and worship. Man, you increase your hunger By being in the Word, 1 Peter 2, 2, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the Word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Man, be hungry. Have you ever watched a newborn baby when they're hungry? And they get that little head shake thing like, ah, you know what I mean? They just, I mean, when they're going, ah, you know, they're like, they're like hungry. And you're like, wow, they're hungry. Man, you got to be hungry. Some of you pray like, "Mm, Lord, uh," you need to get the hunger on you. And and be hungry, but you get the word. The other thing is the work. When you're involved in the work, Colossians 3:23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. How many know when you are working heartily, you get hungry? Yeah. Man, there are desperate things. The first time I preached to teenagers, I was like, Lord, I need more of the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm preaching to teenagers. I don't even think they're interested. I, I, I mean, they, one kid I, w- I would have quit the ministry the first day If it wasn't for one kid, I wish I could find him He had his hair pulled in front of his face He had long, long hair, and he had it pulled in front of his face And I'm preaching my guts out in youth group And then they all leave, and I'm thinking I, that, that didn't go well, you know That didn't go well, and this one kid comes up And he goes Part of the hair, and he goes, that was good Keep doing <laughs> that, and then he walked away And I was like Thank the Lord for the long hair guy who said, like, keep doing it, you know, because I didn't think they were listening. I was like, Lord, I need more of the power of the Holy Spirit because I was in the work. And then they started telling me the sins they were involved in, the things they were fighting, and the battles they were fighting. And I'll tell you what, I didn't want to give them a commentary. I wanted to pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. I needed gifts to help them break through the bondages they were facing. So you get in the Word, you get in the work, and you get in worship. When you are in worship and you're in an environment of praise and worship, the presence of God creates a greater hunger in you. And there are several scriptures on this, but I'll just give one that is fascinating me. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15, Elisha needs to prophesy. He's the prophet, and he needs to give a word for the day. He needs to give a word right then. And here's what he says in 3.15. He says, now bring me someone who can play the harp. And while the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. There is something about being in worship music, that there's a time of praise and worship. There's something about being saturated in that. And I believe this, our worship team is anointed. Our worship team is anointed. They really are. They just led at general council, and the overwhelming, I just got a, a, a... email, and they said, I can't believe it. They sang old school songs, new songs we've never heard, current songs that we did know, and the anointing was thick through all of it. They said there was something there. God was moving. Things were happening. So you get in the Word, you get in the work, you get in the worship, and you will increase your hunger. Another thing, you need to consecrate yourself to God. What does that mean? It means you say, I am dedicated to a sacred purpose. I desire to be used by you. I desire to be dedicated to you. God, I'm not my own. I am yours, and I want to be for you and for your glory. I surrender. I live for you. Some people that stay away from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they're like, that's good. I want to keep these areas to myself. I got a few things. I I don't want to go there. The Spirit may cramp my style. I'm more formal. I don't want the fire. I don't care how formal you are. You need the fire. I don't care about your style. You need the Spirit, all right? And I love this. Romans six thirteen says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer, Listen, this is every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. That's consecration. I am setting myself apart for you, God. I am going to live on mission for you. I am here for your glory and for your honor. I want to be a disciple. I want to be submitted and sensitive. I need more of the power of the Holy Spirit because I am setting aside my life for your glory and for your honor. It doesn't mean you're going to be called to be one of the 500. That may happen. But what it means is God is going to use you wherever you're at, in the marketplace, in the school, in your neighborhood. You're saying, I'm not living for myself. I need the power because I'm set aside for you. I'm going outside the church to play, Lord, and I need some power. I need some power. We need to be consecrated and say, God, every bit of me. I just have this thought. Don't let some secret, some pocket, some room that you've left locked keep you from the power. Say, God, you get all of me. You deal with it all. Deal with it all. Burn up what doesn't need to be here and set on fire just those things that need to move forward. I desire that, God. And the last thing to position yourself for this, this is something for you today, is faith. You have to have faith. You have to have faith, believing God that this is for you today. You step out in faith. Faith activates. Faith activates. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith activates. You know what? Doubt is a defeat mechanism while faith is a victory mechanism. Choose faith. Step out in faith. I choose faith. I choose victory. I'm going to believe this. I'm going to step out of faith. Some people say, well, I'll study. I will study all about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to study it all. I'm going st- to get it. And once I get it all figured out, then I'll step out in faith. Faith does not equal knowledge. I love knowledge. I really, I love that we study All right, don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you what, faith comes first. I have faith. I believe. I believe what your word says. I have faith in this. Some people want to know where everything comes from and everything works and all this happens. I have faith and I want to believe God. God, I have faith. This is for me. I'm going to ask for it. I'm going to go for this. And I'll say this. Don't be surprised if your faith is tested. I love that D.L. Moody, like three months, three months. Three months. Some of you, you might say, I'm staying at church. I'm staying for second service. I'm staying all weekend. I'm coming to the Monday night service even. If I don't, I'm just gonna stay. Keep the lights on. Leave food underneath the door. I'm staying, you know? <laughs> don't be surprised if your faith is tested. Yeah. Moody said, three months. For me, it was the last one to turn the lights out. Faith holds on when doubt says, let go. Faith says the Baptism in the Holy Spirit is for me now. I mean, it's this day. It is this week. It is this month. I'm not letting go. It is October 26th. I've already saved the date. This is for me. I'm not going through another year without this power if it's available for me. That's what we have. A disciple is sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit. We're hungry. We're ready. We're spirit filled. That's our church. We're that type of church, and we're saying, God, we want to be spirit-filled. We desire this, and I desire this for you. I desire this. I I just feel such a strong burden. I don't want to have the power of the Holy Spirit in me, a prayer language that I'm able to access and pray in the Spirit. I, don't, I have these other gifts of faith that has allowed us to do what we're doing. I have these other gifts. I know there's people that have healing and miracles. I want those gifts evident and flowing in our church, and I want us to be hungry for this. So here at all of our campuses, if you're hungry for more, just where you're seated, could you put your hands out in front of you as I pray for this? You're saying, more, more God, more. For those of you that are already filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit, I'm praying for a greater functioning in those gifts. The Bible says to earnestly desire prophecy, the better gift, that you would do that. And so I'm praying for that for you. For those that are yet to be filled, I'm praying for a greater openness. So God, I just pray for that. I pray for that. It is for them. It is important. Lord Jesus, we believe that. And I believe right now that faith is going to rise up in our church. People will be positioned to say, "I desire this," because the disciple is sensitive, submitted, led by the power of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so, God, with their hands out, they're saying more. I'm even believing right now that people will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They will receive their prayer language. I'm believing God that people will start to function in greater gifts. I'm believing God that at the end of the service, with prayer teams, there'll be people that will say, "I was baptized in the Holy Spirit." I'm. Believing Believing God, there will be people that will say, I'm not going to bed tonight until I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe there's people that have circled the date and something happened in them and they circled that date. They said, Now's the day. This is when it, I just believe it, God. And so I'm just praying for faith to rise up and for us to say, God, disciples are sensitive. They're submitted. They're spirit filled. And we believe that. We believe that now, Jesus. So I'm praying that as we go outside these walls, we will, we will be empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit, because what you've called us to do is bigger than what we could just talk about. It's something we need a demonstration of the power and of the Spirit of God. So fill us in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.